folks, this is Dave Criggs, broadcasting to you from Leon C in the southeast of England. I'm a bit of a creative type, a music coach, mainly for acoustic guitarists and singer-songwriters at Rhythm Shack. I released my first album in 2020. I also paint a bit and like getting outdoors. So you're listening to the Satisfy My Soul interview series from Soul Shack, where we hunker down, dig in and talk about what lights our candles, floats our boats and generally makes life worthwhile. So grab yourself a cuppa and let's see if today's discussion can help satisfy your soul. My guest today is John Carr. Uh, John is a retired science and chemistry teacher who also tutored deaf students in uh, further and higher education around Essex. Um, John, um, I've got a little note here that you sent me. Uh, to connect with the outside world is to connect with what his life is really about. So clearly we're talking about the great outdoors. Tell yes, me, first right, of all, though, how, how are you? How are you doing today? Fine, thank you. Yes, I've been outside once today. So, have yeah. you? In rehearsal, yeah. as it were. <laughs> yeah, a nice walk. Yes, a good walk in the countryside. So, how do you spend Only your two miles? But uh... is that Sorry. how you, is that how you mostly spend your time uh, enjoying the great outdoors? Is walking? Well, when I can, yes, that's right. Yes, Dave. Uh, it's very difficult these days, isn't it? You know, you're not allowed far from home. Uh, you're allowed out for one hour. Um, the footpaths are about um, two foot deep in mud, but uh, you can usually find somewhere that's good to walk. Yeah, uh, the, the the woods where I walk the dog at the moment is exactly like that. It's 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 ridiculous. Even with wellies on, you get muddy knees. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but um, yeah, so the great outdoors, uh, walking clearly. Uh, yeah. Locally or on holiday, um, what is it about it that well, satisfies? Anyway, you know, yeah, what is it you do, and what locally, is it that satisfies your soul? Shall we say? Well, locally, I mean, in normal times when there's no lockdown, uh, sea walls, um, particularly places like that, um, um, waterside anywhere, I suppose, beside rivers, um, yeah. hills, mountains, beaches, whatever you like. You know, away on holiday, uh, yeah, we prefer somewhere that's a, a bit hilly because uh, it's different from Essex. Essex is. Uh, rather flat isn't it um, but yeah. uh, Scotland for example we've last two years we've had a good holiday in Scotland uh, for a fortnight each time plenty of walking um, some quite challenging um, as a tip there if a Scotsman ever says to you oh it's just a wee stroll in the woods laddie um, take your ice axe uh, your uh, full <laughs> waterproofs uh, tent three days worth of supplies <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, and, and as a kid I seem to remember you always have to have um, a block of Kendall mint cake <laughs> Oh, I've got a block of candle mint cake, yeah, yeah. stuff. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it's emergency stuff. Yes, Dave, yes, I mean, walking anywhere, really. I mean, um, locally, we live in uh, Ashingdon. We're lucky in that we're five minutes round the, the corner from Woodland, uh, muddy as it may be, but there are lots of little minor roads and places to walk around where you can sort of go for a couple of hours, stroll around and hardly see a soul, which is quite nice, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I grew up in Rochford. I don't know if I told you that, but I grew up in uh, Rochford. Yes, you did, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I know Ashingdon a bit, but not quite up, as far up as you are. How big is the woods there then? I don't, I don't think I know that area. No, it's not that big. Um, Trinity Woods is the one that we go around quite often. That's um, just off Greensward Lane. Um, interesting fact about that, I discovered yesterday, uh, during the Second World War, there was a bunker underneath from uh, Churchill's secret army, the ones who were supposed to uh, um, be sort of guerrilla tactics if uh, the Germans invaded. And apparently the headmaster of the local school was the man in charge. They had uh, guns. Um, 
food and all sorts of things down underneath there, but uh, no idea where it is now, presumably filled in. Oh, yeah, it's, it's still there, but nice. it's hidden, um, is it? I don't know, don't know. Oh, okay. But, uh, there's Magnolia Park as well, which is um, a wildlife park, sort of, very pleasant place. It's not huge, but uh, you know, you can get away from people there quite easily. Awful mm. lot of dogs around there as well. Yeah, getting away from people is, is, is in some ways, is part of it, isn't it? I mean, as you know, I'm, I, I'm a very keen dog walker, I, I, and I always, I'm a big fan of the outdoors. And um, you know, uh, some of the, some of the outdoors, outside spaces are uh, more full during a pandemic than they would be normally. But I guess it's, it's it's interesting because other people who perhaps don't normally uh, take to the outdoors are perhaps getting out there a bit more. And I, I know I've seen uh, news reports and such like of people who are saying they've been on walks. I think this was mainly after the first lockdown, actually. People are saying they've been on lots of walks and discovering their local area. People who'd lived in an area for, you know, years, perhaps all their life, and suddenly realising that there are local walks, um, you know, they didn't, they weren't even familiar with, and they're really enjoying it. And it's brought something new to their life. So obviously, there, you know, there you are. It satisfies their soul, and they That's might right, not have discovered that. it if it wasn't for lockdown. Sorry, one local work which Judith and I were doing, um, it was after the, uh, the first lockdown, we were walking around a local road called The Chase, and there was a very uncomfortable looking gentleman in shorts there, wandering along, and he looked very nervous, and uh, I thought he looked lost, I, I sort of stopped a distance from him and said, are you okay, you know, he said, oh no, it's okay, he said, I've been shielding now all this time, it's my first day out, where does this path go to? So we were able to tell him, well, go up there, turn left, across the stile, etc. And off he went, quite happy, you know. Mm. We've seen a lot of people who seem to be uncomfortable outside at the moment. Um, yeah. Partly, I think, because they see you coming and they sort of step to one side or, um, you know, they don't quite know where they are, whether they're supposed to be there or not. But um, it's nice encouraging to see a lot of people out actually walking who wouldn't have done it before. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And, of course, that changes with the weather. What, what about yourself? Are you, uh, uh, are you a, a fair-weather walker or are you out there in all weathers? <laughs> Well, used to be better than that. Uh, no, we've got all the walking gear. I mean, um, they say about there's no such thing as bad weather and bad clothing. I mean, that's not entirely true. You know, no, but, uh, I think that's Billy, okay. was, I mean, you, was that Billy Connolly that said that? I can't remember. I don't know. I, don't know. I think he never was. been to the South Pole, obviously, had he? You know. So. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, you're going to have to take that saying with a pinch of salt, don't you, really? Yeah. <laughs> that's right, yeah. No, I mean, you, you know, you're sensible. If you want to go walking around the local roads, you have a waterproof and umbrella. It's not too windy. If you go walking on seawalls and the like, you want something a bit more. Uh, decent boots, uh, perhaps waterproof trousers and all that sort of stuff, and a, a rucksack to keep it all in. But, you you know, you just cut your cloth, as they say, according to what you want to do. Uh, so, yeah, we're okay. We just stick the waterproofs on and off we go. And if, it, if you get wet, well, you come home and dry yourself off again, don't you? Yeah. You know, yeah. just like the dog. The dog has to go out and you can't say, sorry, mate, it's raining. No, absolutely. I'm, I'm out in all weathers. Um, you know, obviously, if it's very hot, I have to go early in the morning because of the dog, particularly. Although these days, I find with when we get to thirty degrees, I I really don't like it either. But um, I know some people love it, but I'm not keen. On it. Um, but yeah, as you say, you know, you've got to have the right clothing. And um, it's funny, <laughs> the hours I've spent looking for the perfect dog walking jacket, <laughs> which is both breathable <laughs> and waterproof, and I like the look of it, and it's also got tons of pockets for leads and balls and. Lots of pockets, Dave. That's right. Yeah. Lots of pockets. Yeah. Everything. It's it's, it's a, yeah. You spend you stop you stop. Now where do I put that? And you spend half an hour trying to find the right pocket. It's yes. a life mission. I've been through and there. It, yeah. It's partly because I'm trying to avoid having to walk around with a rucksack because it does feel a little bit over the top when I'm only five minutes away from home, uh, and just walking the dog to have to take yeah. a rucksack. <laughs> when I started walking, um, you know, um, many many years ago. Uh, 
sometimes have an odd day off in Jupiter's work. You know, I'll go off on my own somewhere over in the Denji Marshes over by Burnham on Crouch. I thought, well, I've got to have something with me. So it took me a long time to get used to wearing a rucksack. I felt very, very uh, self-conscious, but it became part of the... Uh, you know, part of the equipment after that, you just stuff everything you want in it, stick it on your back, yeah. it leaves your hands free, so if you fall over, you can catch yourself. You know, or you can pick your binoculars up and look around and see what's going on, or whip the camera out and take a photo. So yeah. uh, I think, you know, find a rucksack that suits you, stick it on your back, and just ignore what everybody else thinks. See, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, to, to those who aren't familiar with um, the, the pleasures, if you like, of walking, um, you know, you tend to assume it's just a simple question of perambulation. You know, you're just walking. That's that's that. And I think for a lot of people that might be, or for some people, perhaps that in itself is not enough. Um, for me, it probably is. For you, it probably is. But it's interesting, isn't it? Because the more time you spend out there, you do find that, you know, you, you, you start getting the appropriate clothing and, and if necessary, a, you know, a bag or a rucksack or whatever and a hat and, you know, everything else. And you mentioned a camera there. Now... I love taking photographs. Um, uh, you know, most of my walks are down the beach or um, or, or at Belfast. The beach being much better for photographs, and I like photographing the dog as well. He, this one doesn't like it. Chili didn't mind, but this one it has a built-in kind of resilient uh, um, uh, resentment of it. I think he just as soon as you get the camera, he's, he's gone. <laughs> it's quite uncanny. But a camera for me is a, is a big. <laughs> A camera for me is a big part of, um, you know, the enjoyment yeah. out there. So, you know, what, 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 you know, how do we put it into words? What enjoyment do you get from being out there? Both, you know, whether it's photography or anything else. Can you put it into words? How well, that works yeah. here? Um, it's yeah, it's difficult to put into words, isn't it? I mean, I could sort of go it on for ages about it, but um, we're lucky at the moment. This week and next week on BBC Two, eight o'clock in the evening, they've got uh, Winter Watch the programme with Chris Packham and um, various others, Lolo Williams and people. I think, you know, um, rather than trying to explain it, it's a good thing to sit and watch that. You know, you've got mm. Chris Packham who lives in the New Forest. And he's not allowed to go very far, but he's got his stepdaughter who lives with him. She's also a naturalist. And, um, you know, talking about, he's very, very enthusiastic and he shows things that, well, that's great, I'd love to see that, you know. Uh, well, that's really interesting. Then you go to Wales, you see somebody standing by a waterfall. You think, now, how the hell do I get there? But you can do it, you know, in yeah. certain times. And you see all sorts of things that you might not have seen before. And I think the important thing about outside is that you, you learn to see what's going on, you know, to watch. I mean, sit and watch, if you like. You know, yeah. if you sit and watch uh, a tree or something, if you're minding your own business, just sitting there, you'll see birds come and go. You might say, well, what is that bird? Um, and I think, you know, you can learn to identify the birds one at a time. Um, walk through a woodland in spring and you'll hear birds all up there. You won't see many of them. But learn a couple of songs. You think, oh, I recognise that one now. That's a robin. That's a blackbird. That's a thrush. You can pull those out. Now, what? I've not heard that one before. What's that? And find out what they are. Um, yeah. Identify the plants around you, the trees, all those sorts of things. I think it adds immensely to the enjoyment if you understand your environment and you can see what there is around you. You know. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, and so for you, it's not just. Um, it's. Uh, is, is it called twitching when you're a bird watcher? No, well, twitching, I think, is where you drive 5,000 miles to see a rare sparrow, isn't it? Oh, is it? Like that, you know? <laughs> it's a more extreme version. <laughs> yeah, same well, yeah, thing, but, yeah, but yeah, different, yeah. Yeah, yeah but you're, you're quite right, you I suppose. Some. Yeah, if you get to know the birds, get yes. to know the plants, get to know the wildlife, if you can, you know, what you see. and um, I mean, I get, uh, as a kid, we, uh, we spent some time in um, East Africa. As you know, my dad was a teacher. And, um, yeah. and we spent some time over there, and... Uh, so we were looking at 
all sorts of big game and all sorts of weird stuff like that. And, and for me, that was uh, uh, quite an incredible kind of experience. And it seemed it seemed a bit more tame when you come back here. But I I think um, you're right. You're, you're absolutely right. Wherever you are, getting to know what you're looking at um, can enhance yeah. it. I, mean, I guess it's different for different people. But um, it makes you more, I, th I suppose, really, for me, it helps you c to connect a bit more, doesn't it? It does, yes. I think it's important. I mean, you, we're stuck indoors a lot at the moment. I think we could become so self-centred. You can put the TV on, watch programmes, etc. But unless you actually get outside, you know, I don't think you can really release all the tension within yourself. I mean, the exercise helps, doesn't it? Well, if you run, yeah. you know, running, I'm, I've never wanted to run, but uh, run, that's when you see people running around the streets and they say they feel so much better afterwards. So if you walk, just get your clothes on, you know, walking clothes, etc. Go for a walk somewhere. Uh, you know, up a hill, get your um, heart going, etc. It's really nice. Sit somewhere for 10 minutes and look around. Mm. By the time you get back in, I think you began to realise that, you know, things aren't perhaps as bad as you thought. And the seasons still go on, don't they? I mean, uh, we're out this morning walking around and it's uh, strange. I mean, the uh, one particular place we went to, I thought, oh, the smell of autumn was all the leaves down there still. Then we turned the corner and there's somebody's garden with a, a mass of bulbs coming up. They're all ready to burst into flower. I thought, well, spring's here soon, you know. Yeah. And then before you know it, it'll be summer and then winter. That's all fairly predictable, uh, isn't it? You know, these things will happen no matter what we do, you know. And uh, yeah, I think it helps to put a sense of perspective into things. I think you're right. It's, um, it's uh, you know, and I think you've actually hit the nail on the head in many ways. It's, you know, when you're indoors, time can become a bit of an abstract thing. Whereas when you're outdoors, it gets light, it gets dark. You know, it rains, the seasons come and go, and it's inescapable. I mean, I think I probably noticed it most um, when we had our allotment, you know, because everything had to work mm. around the seasons. You know, we, we realise, I mean, this may or may not be true, but we decided it is true anyway, um, that spring is probably called spring because that's when everything comes up. When, when you own allotment, it's a bloody nightmare because <laughs> everything comes up all at once and you've got to try and manage it. And it literally springs up. And we, I mean, we suddenly thought... I wonder if that's where the term spring comes from. I have no idea if that's the case or not. But it did make no, you wonder. Yeah. You know, we're very, very much aware of it. Um, yeah. Well, I was looking out the window this morning and uh, in the garden there, and we've got um, some hanging baskets on the fence and the wall. And uh, a particular hanging basket's got, like, coconut uh, lining on the outside. And I thought, what's happened to that? And it's all been shredded. I thought, what's going on there? And there's this blackbird coming down. It's picking off the bits and pieces, presumably making a nest. Oh, right, yeah. And we've seen a few other... A few other birds doing the same sort of thing. That the blue tits, the blue tits, prospecting for uh, nesting places. They're all sort of around in the, um, the shrub at the bottom of our garden, sort of ferreting around, looking for boxes and things like that. You know, so things are starting to move. Yeah, it's getting lighter every day, isn't it? So there we go. But snow next week. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently, yeah. But I mean, the good news is when we get to this time of uh, the winter, um, you well, even up to April, you can get snow, can't you? That's not uncommon. But um, but you know it's not going to last. It's, it's less likely to last as long, isn't it? You know, it's when you get snow at the beginning of the winter. For me, I find that a bit hard because you think, oh god, it could be a long, cold, hard winter. But I think as we start heading towards spring, I mean, I think on um, where are we now? I think it's this Thursday that we're doing this. So I think on Monday, it was uh, six weeks exactly till spring, till March. That's right. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And I, like yeah, I've seen little signs of bulbs starting to appear. I guess we don't have the cold winters that we used to have generally, do we? I mean, I might say that and then it 
dumps a load of snow for the next month and I might regret saying that. But... No, well, I, um, yeah, I mean, uh, the older generation, I remember a lot of bad winters. I mean, yeah. I think it was the winter of 63, 1963, I think, and the, uh, the snow stayed on the school field right out until I think it was April time, something like that. Yeah. I remember doing a paper round, cycling up the road uh, through ruts of frozen ice and things, you know, trying to sort of get yeah. around on my bike and falling off and all sorts. And that was in uh, March, you know, so, yeah, let's hope we don't have that again. One of the, it's one of the times of year, and one of the things about nature I'm less keen on is extreme weather. <laughs> extreme heat or, or ice or snow, I'm less keen on. But uh, anything else, I may just, but then again, I guess maybe that's because I'm out there a lot, you know. Um, yeah, that's right. I don't know. Sorry, David. Sorry. The squirrel just ran past the window. <laughs> <laughs> I, th I, I assumed you're indoors, but maybe you're not. Are you? <laughs> I'm indoors, yeah. There's a, a blooming squirrel. He's been plaguing me all day because we filled up the uh, bird feeders yesterday. It's um, a week a week on Saturday and Sunday is the RSPB Great Bridge Bird Watch, where they ask people to sit for an hour in the day and um, just record the number of species of birds in, in their garden. So we filled up all the, the feeders to make sure they're coming. And there's blooming squirrels down there trying to have a go at one. There's great teeth marks on the plastic one out there. So every time I see him, I sleep up and wave my arms about, and he clears off. And I turn him back, and he comes back again. <laughs> you haven't got his nuts, <laughs> nice recipe for, No, <laughs> nice recipe for squirrel pie somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole different enjoy uh, Yeah, it's a whole different type of outdoors enjoyment that we don't necessarily endorse. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's but right. I know yeah. what you mean. I, I, I sometimes feel the same way about the badgers when they dig up our garden on a regular basis. But, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, we're lucky we've got. Sorry, go after you, John. No, just say we're lucky we've only got one badger that comes through our garden. It, it goes in one side and out the other, and doesn't seem to do much in between. Luckily, so. Uh, yeah. uh, I catch it on the, uh, we've got a, a wildlife camera out there which uh, catches movement and uh, sometimes you see it's there about 2 or 3 in the morning running around. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're hoping this year to grow some sweet corn in the garden, but when we had the allotment, oh, yeah. the badgers, they, they know when it's ready. Oh yeah, they do. They know when it's ready, so you think it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, even in a cage you think it's fine, and then you go in there one day thinking, oh we might be picking our sweet corn this week. And bang, it's gone, shredded, literally yeah. every last bit. But I'm going to have yeah, another go. Nice I'm going to have another go this year. There's a, nice the there's a nice presenter on BBCS. It's called Ray Clark, who lives over in Burnham on Crouch, and he's always on about his allotment, you know, because he says, uh, "Time to get going today. I'm going to be racing fork out today." He said, "I've got to dig over the allotment." And yeah. uh, he plucked a lot of sweet corn. He says, "A blooming things." He said, "I'm the badgers know exactly when it's right." I sit there one night and think, "Right, I'm going to harvest that tomorrow. Come back in the morning, and it's gone." You know, do you do you do much Whatever veg? You do, do you do much veg, or do you are you uh, more sort of floral <laughs> no. and? Uh... Oh, it's uh, shrubs and flowers and perennials, things like that. So, yeah. No, this year we grow some. Um, I would have liked to have had veg, but when when I was teaching, it's one of those things where the time you it tends to be in blocks, and the rest of the time it's manic. And you don't get time to attend to an allotment or a veg garden. Yeah. You know. So we grew this year in the lockdown. We did grow various things. We had beans, and I grew some peppers, which got enormous, but they were horrible. Um, we, what else did we have? A couple of aubergines, um, mm. more tomatoes than you know what to do with. You know. Yeah. The bloke over the road did this. A neighbour did exactly the same. I think he made fifty pounds of chutney. He said so. <laughs> Never get through that. <laughs> That's good going. Yeah, we tend to do tomatoes and just a bit of salad crops, and but I want to do I want to do sweet corn this year. But somebody gave me a great tip: is if you plant them in a bucket. Um, just a standard-sized bucket. You can get about three plants in one bucket, and obviously you could have four or five buckets. So because they need to get together to pollinate each other, I believe. So you tend to grow them in a clump. 
But of course, if you think about it, they grow, 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 and then as long as you keep them watered, when it comes to badger stealing time, um, what you can do is you can pick those buckets in and chuck them in the greenhouse or indoors or something, because there's only a quite a short period when they're nearly ready, and you just have to put them yeah. indoors overnight and bring them out, because the badgers obviously won't normally come during the day, not if, it, not if it's in the back garden anyway, which is what we're planning on doing. So we may, may just, I mean, your own sweet corn is, there's nothing like it, it's wonderful stuff. So, um, yeah, we might do that this year. I don't know. Well, if you watch um, Spring Watch, it's got a lot on badgers on there. Is it Lolo Williams in Wales? They're watching a badger's set. It's in black and white, of course, because it's the night time. They're all enthusing about this thing, you know. Then there's foxes. They enthuse furious, furiously about foxes. Worth a, worth a look, actually, because uh, uh, they're also up in Scotland, in, uh, I forget which river it is now, uh, coming into Loch Ness. Uh, and uh, they're looking at salmon migrating there, uh, seal colonies, etc., uh, etc. Et so anybody who's interested in such things, it's a great thing to... To watch it's on over the next two weeks finishes a week on friday okay yeah that's worth having a look at this is i mean it's funny isn't it the when you think of the great outdoors and all the things you can do i mean obviously we've mentioned a few things um but you know boating fishing you know there's so many outdoor um potentially outdoor pursuits i, I was just got a little um note here i, I was going to ask you know how could other people get involved in the great outdoors but I realize it's such a huge question isn't it because obviously the idea of some of these interviews really is is to see if anybody else will watch them and go oh, I didn't know that I might have a go at that um, yeah. you know when we, we've talked a bit about walking and, and appropriate clothing and I suppose I'm kind of thinking in terms of are there any barriers to entry well of course the great thing about walking and uh, um, and many of the things that we've talked about really is it's there's, there's no barrier when it comes to age or even location, really. Um, I mean, obviously, different areas are, um, would appeal to different people. You don't need any experience. There's no cost. You know, anyone can do it. I suppose the question is, what will people get out of it, really, isn't it? And uh, I think the more you're out there, the more you enjoy it. I mean, I just enjoy the wind blowing through my hair. You know, that I've got loads of it left at the moment. But, you know, um, there's, I, I, I find... I, I, a quick thing I was going to mention, I don't know if you can relate to this, I was talking to somebody once about mindfulness, and, uh, and and he was talking about mindful walking, and the idea of just being out there and being particularly mindful. And and he said to me, "What you want to do is just walk along, and then focus on any one of your senses." So I just sort of thought, "Okay, well, I'll, I'll focus on what I can hear then." And much to my amazement, I did it for about thirty seconds at a time. And I could suddenly hear birds that I couldn't hear. I could hear the wind rustling through the trees. Um, I kind of then moved on and became more aware of the sun coming down and where it was rather than just is the sun out or not. And I found it a really, I found it a really interesting, I suppose in the long term, I, or that's, I suppose I did about two minutes in total. And I became aware of my footsteps and this and that and the other. But it was fascinating because I remember it quite vividly. I did this maybe about four years ago. And I remember, I really, really enjoyed that two minutes. That's right, yeah. It's, it's fascinating, yeah, just isn't it? Just don't do it when you're crossing a main road, Dave, will you? Yeah, I try to be mindful when I'm crossing a main road, but in a different way, yeah. More alert, perhaps, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you said about how people start. I mean, it is difficult because uh, normally I'd say, well, that's fine, you know, join the Essex Wildlife Trust, join the RSPB, 
there are local groups, local RSPB ones in Southend, um, this is wildlife trust groups, uh, they organise walks, they organise courses, things like that, you know, uh, mm. even for the kids, I mean, they do all sorts of interesting things for kids, because at the moment it's all dead, isn't it, you know, I mean, you can join organisations like the Ramblers, but uh, they tend to be a bit more serious, and you'll find their walks, I think, are rather long, you know, they're sort of eight, ten miles very often, I think yeah. for a lot of people that's rather sort of stretching it a bit, you know, yeah. especially to start with, but, um, yeah. You need a bit of stretching I mean, before and after that, don't you? I say to some people, I think, I think my brother, if I'm rightly, I might quote him and I might be completely wrong, but I think they quite like a walk where they go to a pub and back. Um, but a country walk, you know. <laughs> but they quite like having a pub well, yeah, lunch a while they're out, you know, which is quite a nice idea. I think that's quite a popular one. Yeah, I've got a couple of nice books that uh, circular walks in Essex, which start at yeah. the pub. Uh, we, try and, you know, we try and do sort of every one in the book when we could, you know, when, before lockdown. Did quite a few, um, mostly over in sort of middle Essex, really, where we've never been before, around Braintree Way. And they're lovely, you know, but uh, of course at the moment you're stuffed, aren't you? But you can always do it and take a sandwich. I think that's a good point, actually. That's a good point. I mean, now more than ever, because of the pandemic, you know, uh, the idea of taking a bag. Um, I mean, I love a flask. As I'm getting older, I'm finding I absolutely love a flask of tea. <laughs> I don't often take one on the dog walk, but every now and then I take one down to the beach. I go paddleboarding sometimes, um, sometimes really early in the morning. You know, in the summer we'll go down about half five or six or something like that when it's nice and quiet. And have a flask of that's tea right, afterwards, yeah, yeah. and that's just—it's just part of it, and it's not just about the paddleboarding. It's having that little flask of tea, sitting on the beach when it's peaceful. It's just lovely, you know. Um, well, Judith and I had a nice break last year up in Suffolk, in uh, in Albury. We uh, rented a sort of self-catering flat, and every day we were out walking. Um, one lovely walk we did, which was right up the beach from Albury um, up to a place called Thorpness, uh, down past the windmill. And then there's a nature reserve there called the North Warren. There's a seat overlooking the uh, the reed beds. And we thought, well, let's take a flask, shall we? So we sat down, and out came the wine glasses, uh, you know, and a couple of nice glasses of white wine. Yeah. Sat there at midday. Uh, watching uh, um, marsh harriers feeding over the um, over the reeds, and uh, this couple of people came past and said, "Oh goodness, can we join you?" <laughs> but you know, sitting there with a glass of wine, that's, they don't normally do that sort of thing. But I thought, well, why not? You know. Yeah, it's it's nice though, isn't it? You know, um, and I suppose you know when we were kids, you know, we used to go out and take a picnic, and they used to love it. You know, um, it's it's quite a nice thing to do. It, it, it it's a bit more of a commitment, isn't it? You're going to be out longer if you do that. Well, you know you can be. I mean, you always take more food than you need, and you then you can stay out long if you like. I mean, that yeah. walk turned into a seven-and-a-half-mile walk by the time we'd finished, I think, you know. But, you know, it's one of those things. You break it up into two, three-mile stretches, and mm. you know, before you know it, you're home. It's funny. I, I've not really done it much as for walking, but I, when I used to do a lot of mountain biking, I, I started buying a lot of the um, Ordnance Survey maps. You know, I can't remember what the scale is. I've got, I don't yeah. know, I, I, I'm just looking up on the bookshelf. I don't uh, think they're there. The walking ones, I think, are 20, one to 25,000, I think, the walking ones. Yeah, something like that. You can, you can zoom in. Obviously, this was the day, in the days before mobile phones and such like. And I used to um, pack myself up with, with uh, you know, water and maps and, and uh, you know, snack bars and what have you and go out for the day on my bike. And I'd end up taking them, because of the maps, I'd, I'd go various places in Essex. And various places in the North Downs, um, North, North Downs, South, yeah, North Downs. Um, it's about an hour or two away, maybe a couple of hours away, I suppose, these days, I don't know. Um, but that I found that really enjoyable. And it's funny, I don't really do that so much with um, with walking, but with cycling, I suppose because I was covering a lot, a much greater distance, I really got into the map reading and thinking, well, I think I'm going to go and discover that lake, or I'm going to go and find out why this bit appears to be a hill on the map. 
and see if I can get up it and get down it. And I, yeah. I, I used to well, love that. Get, uh, online maps now. I mean, uh, uh, the Ordnance Survey do, uh, I think you can do a trial for a, a week or two or a month, whatever it is. I started with that as a subscription. And they're all online. You can get them on your phone, the app, or onto an iPad, whatever you use. Uh, I now put a subscription for the year. I don't think it's much. I think it's about £25 for the year. And you can, any, any, anywhere in the British Isles, you can see the map and you can zoom into one of 25,000 which shows your locality and in fact um, we've, I've printed off uh, a couple of the maps around here we found footpaths that we never knew existed yeah. so we tend to sort of follow them around you know and uh, I've passed the map over to a few other people locally who so said we don't know about those where are they so they are there's a map go and find it yourself and see where you are you know yeah they take a bit of getting used to I must admit reading it you know because you think well where am I on this map now but uh, you yeah. can get used to it and uh, learn fairly quickly if you're close to home you can't do a lot of harm to yourself really by getting lost can you well, I mean, I did, I did all this before we had mobile phones, and so it was obviously it was a bit different. But you, you're quite right. Nowadays, of course, you can, you know, if you've got a rucksack, you can take a, a, an iPad with you or something. But we, but your phone, maybe it's a bit small, but I guess, yeah, it's all there, isn't it? And also, there's, um, there's, a, there's an app, isn't there, for, for all these sorts of things, which tell you exactly where you are. Um, and I right, imagine yeah. it will do that on Google a map as well. I mean, yeah, Google Maps will tell you where you are, um, you know. I mean, the, the Ordnance Survey one tells you where you are. You can zoom into it, oh, and um, a little pointer goes, you're here, you know, oh, I'm, I'm out of the way there. I better go back that way and turn around and go around the other yeah. path there, you know. See exactly where you are. Uh, it's got a compass on, so it'll point north, and you see which way you should be should be pointing, you know. Yeah. That's fascinating, isn't it? The, the things, I hadn't really thought about that, but, yeah, I suppose you can incorporate technology, and you can go on all sorts of little uh, um localized adventures can't you really and could do all sorts of things these days i mean geocaching is another one have you heard of that yes i have yeah yeah not uh, what i've seen no but it's quite an interesting yeah. idea isn't it how they're using the technology to you know be able to uh, adapt to another i don't know much about it i think it's a sport isn't it really so i just yeah that's right i think it involves a lot of moving about possibly running around but you, that's right you you have directions to find something you're in a little box or something in a hedgerow where you find a little item and you see what it is uh, stick it back in, leave it for the next person, and off you go to the yeah. next one. Kind of like a modernised version of cross country, I guess. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, or whatever they used to call it. Um, but yeah, right. Any other tips that we can think of that might be useful for people, <laughs> without going into all the no. different sports and this and that and the others? <laughs> Look it up online. Find out people who walk, people who go locally in places. Um, Facebook's pretty good. I mean, our, uh, our local one here, you often get a, a request for somebody who says, "Oh." Anybody know any good um, walks we can do locally with my little boy or my little girl, whatever it is, you know, that aren't too difficult. Um, anybody know uh, where that footpath goes to? Um, we go. We used to go down to Wallasey Island quite a bit, but it's a bit of a, a muddy place at the moment. But uh, you know, a request to say, what's Wallasey like at the moment? Is it safe to drive down to there? And uh, you know, can you walk? And all sorts of things like that. Put a request on and, and ask. You get all sorts of stupid comments as usual from people, but uh, most <laughs> people are pretty helpful about uh, what you can do. You know how, how you can make a start, where you can go locally. That's a really good South End's got so many footpaths, hasn't it? Round your way. Yeah, loads. Yeah, as I say, I used to take the bike. I started going off to Wakering sort of way quite a lot. Um, you know, when I'd go out years ago, I'd go out for the for the day really, as I say, and uh, you know you can get a long way. You know. Um, it's a really good point though, Facebook, I, and I, I, I haven't looked at any, but I'd imagine there must be local um, walking groups or other outdoor kind of pursuit groups as well on Facebook, mustn't there? Yeah, I haven't looked to see. I mean, I, um, I don't really need to at the moment. I can't because obviously we can't go very far. But no. uh, yeah, it's worth having a look and see. You yeah. know? But I think the ones that uh, you often get are on, I mean, there's a, 
there's the RSPB, Royal Science Protection of Birds one, which is a South End one. And there's the, uh, the uh, general RSPB one, some that have put on their photographs they've taken out there, which is a bit intimidating because some of them are absolutely uh, amazing photos. Um, <laughs> and there's the Essex Wildlife Trust one, those sort of things, you know. Yeah, yeah the photos, Dave, uh, you ought to have a look. Yeah, yeah, as I say, I, I need to do more of that, really. But, um, yeah, I need to find some new walks, I think, because I've probably photographed the death out of most of the walks that I do. I imagine, and uh, as I say, the dog doesn't want to play anymore, or this one doesn't. So, <laughs> well, that's very good. Uh, really interesting, John. I think we'll wrap that up. Um, yeah. So, I just want to say to anyone who's been listening, and thanks for listening, and uh, hope this inspires you to perhaps get out there, get the appropriate clothing, get outdoors, go for a wander, uh, maybe grow some veg, etc., etc., and all the other things we've discussed. And thanks very much, John, for doing this interview. I think that's this is actually going to end up going out as the first interview we've done. So, um, fantastic. And thanks very much for that. See how it goes. Okay, I don't mind uh, uh, rambling on a bit, you know. Uh, I like that pun, John, and I expect to see that come up in a song soon. <laughs> he, he's a rambling man. <laughs> there, was, there, there was one. Tom Paxton did that. Wasn't it a rambling man? Rambling boy, remember? Was it? I thought Paxton. it was Rolling Stones. Or was that gambling, man? No, no, no. <laughs> no, no idea. You're, you're losing me now, Dave. Losing me now. No, I think it was Tom Paxton from the 60s. It was a rambling boy. I oh, think. rambling boy. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's rambling man as well. It's another one. Oh, probably, yeah. But and, and, but, indeed, we're okay. rambling ourselves now, So, but not in the walking kind of way. <laughs> yeah, you've just lost all the audience that ever were there. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Thanks very much, John. Cheers. All the best. Take yeah, care. Yeah, I'm going to go and chase a squirrel now, so... <laughs>